Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the show, it's the number one show, interviews and music, podcast, you know, integrate the culture through the times, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, all you really need is some roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes. So welcome once again to Roots and Rhymes podcast, and guess what, I'm with my co-host, it's Mac, how you doing brother? Doing good brother, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Quick reminder. Let's start. always start with the reminder. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your usual streaming platform. That's Apple, Google, uh, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe on there. Really, really important so you know when a new episode is coming out. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Roots and Rhymes. That's where you can get all the content. You can interact with us, ask us any questions. Let us know who you want us to, to get on the show in the future. We're absolutely happy to take all your messages and interact with you on the socials so and also don't forget we're on youtube now as well so that's roots and rhymes and um you can view all the podcasts we do try and film them all um majority are still over zoom uh but we do try and do as many as we can in person we will do in the future once restrictions and stuff like that have been lifted but once again we are over zoom aren't we mac yeah still in lockdown still doing it over zoom looking forward to the day we can get out and about and it would have been great to be in the studio with today's guests it'd been really nice to 100%. meet up on a professional level on a personal level it's two guys that we've got a lot of respect for in terms of their musical talent but mm-hmm. they, you know we're, we're blessed to be able to call them friends as well exactly uh, it was exactly what i was going to say so we're we're blessed to call these uh, the guests today our one friends of them one and... of them i'm not sure about the other one <laughs> <laughs> So we spent a lot of time together with these guys. So not just musically, but socially. And I think, again, these talented young men big on today's show is a blessing for us. And uh, we're really happy to to share their story so far. And we you know have spoke, it's, it's a sp- blessing and it's a proud moment too to have these guys on because mm, it just shows how absolutely. far they're going in their career that, that we're, you know, we're reaching out to them to have them on here. Mm. We've seen where they've come from. We've been there, like you say, socialized with them know their career and it's a blessing to call them friends but it's also a really proud moment to have them here and see them do what they're doing 100% 100% Mac and we've been speaking to some great well-seasoned artists in the industry and, and they've always got a great story but it's also important to understand whose influences are fr- from the fringe and in the industry these new guys that are coming through are extremely talented to understand who their influences are is also just as important you don't have to have 15 20 years of experience to talk about your influences and these guys are no exception to that and they've got an eclectic mix of taste and that's the reason why we want to have them on on the show as well right 100 this is uh like you say we've had veterans in but those veterans need to be watching over their shoulders these guys are coming up fast Roots and rhymes So it's my pleasure to welcome today two brothers who have dedicated their lives to the art of music. They've allowed their influences to open their minds to create some of the best music produced as of late. Where they may not have the biggest discography, it feels they've already have a stronghold on the industry. It's Red Valve. How you doing, brothers? 
How's it going? James, you right? All good, man. Cam, Sat, blessing to have you on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. us. Thanks for having us. I'm glad you're not too big time to be on the show, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I appreciate you guys having us on. No, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm glad we've been able to do this. I I know I'll be bugging you, Cam, for about six or seven weeks. Then when do you want to be on the show? When do you want to be on the show? And you're like, Chuds, maybe July. Let's do it in July. I'm like, flipping hell. Yeah, all right, okay, we'll do it in July. So we're, pre- we're in August now and we're doing it. Right, so I'll give you still a little bit of extra time, but you know what? It's a real blessing to have you on and no, I'm really, really thankful that you could take the time out today. No, thank you guys for having us. It's been a long time. It's been good to catch up and reminisce. Yeah, definitely. As you guys said, it's been, uh, it's not just being on a random radio shows, you know, host who I don't know. Obviously, it's uh Mates that I've known for a long time, so I appreciate you guys having uh, having both of us on. Definitely, yeah, no, definitely, definitely, uh, you and Sat. Uh, so, how's the, how's things down in Birmingham? I mean, obviously, lockdown and all that kind of thing. How's things for you guys right now? It's it's a bit tough. I mean, uh, it's a bit it's a bit tough at the moment. I mean, I got my wedding this week, so construction. So <laughs> just thirty what? people, yeah, just, just thirty, 30 people, people, just thirty people. Man. But you know, what? it's a blessing. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's not too bad, I suppose. We're exactly getting get on with lives, John, doing the best we can with whatever we're doing. So, yeah, making the most of it. Absolutely. I think uh, it's important, man. Like we, we were just saying um, off off the air here that it's important to to make the most of the time that you got because you're never really going to get this time back. The amount of times you, you spend at home because external things tend to get in the way all the time. So, the fact that you can just take stock and focus on a single thing. And a lot of the artists that we've been speaking to and a lot of people that have been on the show have, have said it's kind of been a blessing for them from a, yeah. a personal perspective, obviously not taken away from all the tragedy that's going on. But if you can turn it into something positive, I think you're onto a winner and you guys are, are definitely keeping yourself busy. Yeah, we've kept ourselves uh, very busy throughout this lockdown. I mean, there's been um, I mean, a lot of music stuff coming from ourselves. Um I think we've used this time to kind of like sharpen our tools a little bit on this. Yeah. Well and just yeah. Make, um, yeah. make a conscious effort to make sure we are bringing out what we are as people. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but we've had hmm. previous releases with songs. Um, and I think I speak for both of us when I can honestly say that doesn't really represent, you know, they did represent who we are, but not to the fullest degree that we could possibly do. But yeah. the songs Definitely. that we're, we've got coming out between us now, definitely represent us as, as you know, creators, as, as, as musicians, yeah, yeah. As, as producers. So, um, so we, we've used the lockdown to definitely to our advantage <laughs> within that. So, uh, yeah, I hope we you guys him. like what we're, we're going to be coming out with. No, that is so positive and, and great to hear that you, you guys are doing that. And big things on the new single. What a piece of work on the production, boys. Congratulations. Yeah. Appreciate Unbelievable. It. Thank you. Thank you. The vibe is what I would say is exactly what I'd expect from Red Valve with, with a dirty beeline and transporting me to, to Compton in the summer. There's, there's something West Coast yeah. hip hop Warren G vibe about Warren, it. And I definitely Warren G vibe. Cam, you know what you, what you said a second ago about putting out stuff that represents who you are and what you stand for and your influences. You know, if someone played me this tune and said, which producer did that? I'd be like, yeah, it's Red Valve because it sounds like Red Valve music and not anyone can just go and produce a piece of music like that and no, make it sound that. real. You know, like it's obviously come from the heart and soul. It's come from your influences. It's a banger number one, but it's just, it's just so Red Valve. And I'm well, glad to see that you're putting out music that really represents you because 
you know, we'll we'll go into your musical influences, but you know, that really does show it, doesn't it? This tune does show it. I mean, I think I think for for both of us, I mean, they, there's we're purists with a lot of the music that we like. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we're, we're it's Agreed. not saying we're not a fan of fusion or any of that kind of stuff, but mm. I think we're very much purists of you yeah. know, we're 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 hip hop heads, we're reggae heads, we're Punjabi folk heads, and with mm. all of those, we don't really like. Uh, uh, it being tainted no. mm. in, in many ways you know where when it comes to hip-hop we like to be quite purist with with our hip-hop you know so mm. so with 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 Jadada, when it came out of it even though yes it's a Punjabi track and yes ultimately it is a fusion track with Punjabi vocal yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat, the 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 track itself is a is a hip-hop that's yeah. a track you know yeah, it's yeah. not a Punjabi track it's Absolutely. a hip-hop beat um and with that you know we me and Sap were going through it we were we were like what what defines hip hop and it's mm. like we were talking about off air earlier it's soul it's reggae mm. sorry soul it's yeah. jazz it's funk yeah. it's all that yeah. stuff from like the 50s 60s and 70s that influenced yeah. everything that came afterwards and we yeah, like the little elements like the, the bass the bass in there the, yeah, the guitar yeah. it's that plays into all of that <clears throat> it plays into Absolutely. all of that and, and it really comes through yeah. in the production and i i, I honestly think it's going to be a hit I appreciate it, man. Well, touch wood, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have that much influence on the industry, but personally, I don't think it's going to be a I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got, you got two downloads already, boys. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and this is your first official release under Check One Records. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, and that's, that's also big, man. And you know what? Thinking about it, it is a match made in heaven. You guys, under Check One Records, label started by True School, you know by True School's sound that he's also a massive fan of hip-hop. And that's that. And you guys are, are doing that. And But you've got your own spin on it. And I, I think I think there's going to be so much success under the record label. Rewind. Let's take it back. Know your roots. Okay, so Sat, Cam, you both grew up in the 90s um, in Hansworth Ward, Birmingham. So... Such a multicultural community. How was that experience? I mean, obviously, big Punjabi community, mm-hmm. big uh, West Indian community. How how was that experience for you guys in your early years, like four, five, six years old? You know, it, it was crazy because we were exposed to so much styles of music. I mean, obviously, from like reggae, hip hop, mm. folk. I mean, Dad had like Pink Floyd like playing the high stuff like so. Yeah, we arranged. You know, we we're exposed to so much music, and that's what kind of like brought us to who we are today. And, you know, mm. the kind of music that we created, that, that's what's brought us up, you know, with mom and dad playing various kinds of stuff, you know, around the house, listening to stuff, you know, when you're driving out so road and you listen, like, you hear, like, dub playing, reggae playing, yeah. all sorts of stuff playing, you know, stuff like that. So that's what we've been exposed to. So yeah. that's what makes us who we are and the, make, the music that we create. So is that, like, your early memories then? So basically, like, being young at home, or going down Soho Road on a Sunday after Gurdwara, that kind of stuff, <laughs> and and you're hearing these kind of musics, and it almost conditions you to to listen to these and understand them, and kind of it ends up flowing through you a little bit. I know we always talk about music influence always starts at home, but it develops if you like on the streets or in school or that kind of stuff when you're you're hanging about was that is it a similar case for you guys like you said mom and dad or dad was playing pink floyd yeah and that kind of stuff but obviously the the dub side and the reggae side was that kind of 
secondhand hearing that you were you were kind of the way that you were hearing it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think I don't think it was so much secondhand hearing. I think we've. I mean, people always think that it's it's our generation that then took up the 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 kind of sphere of um, of multiculturalism. But technically, mm. it was actually our parents' generation yeah. because yeah. it was. Be like my dad would sit there listening to one minute, um, yeah, Yamladad, and then the next minute you'd have like Bob Marley on, you know. Mm. So it was, it was part. It was definitely started at home. But then when you go to school, we went to a school where there wasn't one particular type of race of people or who was dominant yeah. in there. It was genuinely from primary school to secondary school. It was all a mix of people. My yeah. close group of five friends were all my best mates. They're not open Punjabi, you know. What I mean, mm-hmm. there's you know, there's white guys, black guys, you know. We're all highest yeah. of boys, <clears throat> and that's what we grew up with. So we all grew up going to each other's houses and listening to different styles. And it wasn't it wasn't something that was forced upon you. It was just something that's like a byproduct of you going and meeting someone. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you go and see someone, and their dad's got something on the background, some dub track or whatever it might be, and you're there mm-hmm. popping your head and you ask your uncle what song's that, you know, and that's. That's, I guess, one early memory that I have. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. of, of going down to one of my friends' house and go, "Yo, what, what is this thing with the heaviest B line I've ever heard?" Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> you know, and and when because when I was growing up, if you look at the Punjabi side, mm. you had things like you know who who are legends, by the way. This isn't like to say this is anything bad, but we had like Balwinder mm. Safri coming out, and the production on that stuff was next level. You know, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that people like you know Buta B Twenty One and Tubsy and those guys made some amazing music to it. Mm. But then it was hearing the flip side of listening to some dub tracks mm, or listening yeah. to some, uh, uh, listen to hip hop, you yeah. know, like listening <clears> to MTV when we were told not to by mum and dad, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it, you know, that's, that's kind of early memories for us. Right? Yeah, it's, it's true. Different things, yeah. It's true. What What's the age gap between you two? So, so I'm 26. Comes oh, sure, I don't know. I don't even know your age, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm going to be 32. There you go. A couple of weeks time. So, so, so clearly not so the same for you. Sat for you. Did you kind of follow in the footsteps musically of your brother, of your brothers? Then, like, kind of growing up, listening to what they listened to. It's always interesting to see how the younger generation has come up because because if Cam was a pure Punjabi head and that's all he listened to, you probably would have fallen in that same. Yeah, category, but because he's exposing you to so much music, is that where you came up with I your mean, sound? Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, with mom and dad playing, you know, all sorts of styles of music for the house. That's where it brought us up because, you know, when we learned doll and stuff like that, we learned how far starting, you know, Hajit. He was mm. a like pure folkhead, so that helped us as well, you know, like with all the folk and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, with the reggae, you know, being a, you know, around Hansworth Wood. Yeah, been exposed to it all. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. again, like Absolutely. little things like when you just driving past or you at someone's house and like they got you know the radio on, you got like you know list of your what, what what is this song? You know, you ask them what's the song called or they got a vinyl. You know, because back in them days, you know, I know I'm not like mm. old, but back in them days, still had vinyls out and all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's stuff like that. So that's how I have been brought. And you know, I am glad I mm. have been you know exposed to a lot of the. You know, like the newer kind of stuff, like you know, I was I was into like grime when I was like back at school, and I mean, mm. like some trust me, listen to it now, like you know, well, I was into that kind of stuff, man. But <laughs> you know, obviously, that's how you learn. You know, I mean, you yeah. learn to grow up and you yeah. learn to appreciate music a bit more. Um, I think it, I think it's funny, sat because I I'm, I'm similarly I'm the youngest of my siblings, yeah, yeah, and my musical influences is, is 
mainly driven by my elder siblings yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. So like I grew up, my, my first exposure of listening to hip hop was listening to Dr. Dre, keep the heads ringing. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like six years old. Right? <laughs> and this is my brother picking me up from school. I'm, I'm going back to tell my dad that this guy's saying effing this and effing that. <laughs> In this track of my brother getting beats. So it's, it, it does come from, yeah, parents and exposure, going to your friend's house, stuff like that. But I think, I think siblings play a massive part. Yeah, like, no, 100%. 100%. Like, my, like I said, my older brother, he was listening to Dr. Dre. And um, my first exposure to LL Cool J was through him. But then naturally as well, my sister, she, um, that's where my influence for R&B came from. She was yeah, listening yeah. to TLC and Blackstreet and, and Silk and Shy and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of given me two sides to it. And obviously... Being the youngest of three as well, it's true. Was it was it a similar vibe you to know, that? It that was, you I kind mean, of like with like the music kind of side of it. I mean, obviously, Cam's older. He was doing, when, hmm. when he was doing like music production at school and stuff like that. He used to come home with like a keyboard that he borrowed from school. And like when yeah. he wasn't looking, or when mum and dad had gone upstairs, I'd quickly like go on it, have like little jam around, like not see yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. So that's where it kind of come from. As I'm like you know, especially like our older brother Bud being a scratch DJ from so hmm. young listen to hip-hop and all that kind of stuff. Like, listen to all these samples. Like, that was a big thing for us, man. Like, yo, what, like, what's yeah. this, man? Like, that sounds bad. Like, these violins in there, like, these all sorts of stuff, man. All these random mm. samples, have, you know, in these hip-hop beats. It's just, that, that was a mad thing for me. Yeah. And you, you know what? Come for you, because, you, you know, we spent many, 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 many hours listening to music <laughs> together. <laughs> and, like, the, the, what I've always loved about listening to music with you is you've got that same, your eclectic mix where you know, I could listen to Bob Marley with you, Yellow Man with you, and then stick Oasis yeah. on or, yeah. or something else. And then it'd just be, oh yeah, this is a vibe. Yeah. What I always wanted to know though, was there a type of music that you were more drawn to? Because, you know, me and you came from similar kind of yeah. influences when it came to music. But what was it for you that really got you like, I, I want to get into this music thing? Was there a type yeah. of music for you? You know what? I don't. I wouldn't ever say there was one particular type of music that said, that's it, I'm going into... <clears throat> production and that's it i think there's lots of styles that resonated with me you know mm. and and that i mean the, there's lots to mention but i guess in a nutshell it would always be punjabi folk i still remember listening to dad putting on a called deep monic record um and me as a kid listening what was that that was insane at yeah. the same time i remember listening to, um, and this is this is an anecdote for you. So when I was doing music production at school, obviously I was in I was into dub and doing a lot of stuff. But when I was in, I think I was in year ten or eleven, I think it was. And the teacher I had at, at the time, Richard Roger Rogers, um, absolutely amazing musician. He asked me, he goes, "Look, do you want to do a bit of um, recording for these reggae artists that are coming in?" Um, and they're a band at the time called the Government. Mm. And I remember recording them. I would stay after school hours till like, you know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, having my mum calling me on my Nokia 3210, which was like, <laughs> back then. Going, what are you doing? Like, come on home. <laughs> yeah, classic, it's, it's probably still got battery as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if you just, if you just brush off the dust, it'll still work. Yeah. You know, it'll be absolutely fine. But, um, but you know, I, and I remember, and it was, um, you know, it wasn't just a, a single track. Well, it started off as a single track, Tell a Lie, uh, that we were recording for him. And I really got into it. So it ended up being like a six-month-long project that I was doing, like recording these artists who were all top-class mm. musicians mm. And, and taking it forward. So I wouldn't say there's a specific style that made me say, that's it, I'm getting into production. I think it was the collective of 
like Sat said, learning from from our start of Jeet Singh, you know, from an early age, then kind of going into secondary school and learning these like recording techniques, you know, mm. on a very basic level at that point, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah. And getting influence from my teachers there. Then going, I mean, mm. during that whole time, we were record, you know, doing session work and doing live gigs from a young age as well. Mm. I think all that collectively then pushed us to, for me personally, pushed <clears> me to, to then go, you know what? I want to go to university and study this. I don't want yeah. this to be um, just a, a, a bit on the side that I'm thinking, yeah. you know what? That, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. You know, as I say, I didn't just want it to be Shankar. I, just, I wanted it to yeah, be, yeah. you know, a, a career and something that, you know, I could build that and, and hone in my skills and learn, mm. like with any you know, anything music-based, you're constantly learning. Mm. But I want mm. to take it up to that next level. Um, and I've, always, a, I've always really... really you know, I know we've had this conversation, but I've always really respected that you about that about you, Cam, is you educated yourself as well. It wasn't just, oh, yeah, I want to be a producer and this. It's like, you know, you used to talk to me about engineering stuff and I'm like, Cam, I don't give a shit about the mix. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, I don't care. But if you're actually you about it, yeah, like if you're messing around with all these plugins and stuff and I'm like, yeah, it's cool, man, but like it doesn't mean shit to me. But like the, the, the a big difference is you know, you treated it, uh, you treated the whole industry with respect. You, street, you treated education with respect. It wasn't that, uh, I just want to do it for the sake of doing it because it sounds cool. It's like, I, if I want to learn this, I'm going to really learn it. And it's a big move to say you're going to do a degree in music, man. That's a, that's a big move. No, 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 to, you know. It is. And I just, I just want to rewind uh, a little bit in that. So obviously, we talked about Growing up in Birmingham, such a melting pot in um, in the area that you, you grew up in and stuff. But I think Birmingham on a whole, it was such a melting pot of multi-ethnic working class communities that was so heavily influenced by music. 100%. Like so many musicians and bands came out of that city. And if you listen to the vibes of them times, like, okay, you had... You had people like in reggae and dub, I don't know, General Levy, Maxi Priest, Shabaranks, Gregory Isaacs. Mm -hmm. But if from Birmingham, you had the Punjabi artists like Yapna Sangeet, your DCS, your Sohotas, your uh, Golden Star, Mukit Singh, you can hear the influences of the reggae and dub of that time yeah. in them tunes. They're as early as that. So obviously that must have helped kind of merge these two worlds for you guys. And especially yourself, Sat, I mean, this is probably a tiny bit before your time, but based yeah. on the influence of your older brothers and uh, and your dad as well, did it kind of resonate with you that, hang on a sec, it's, it's got this multi we can we can do a bit of both here. Or I'm liking the sound of a bit like a merger of these worlds. Yeah, no, no you know, it, it has, it, it, you know, it did, sorry. Um, it was just madness. I mean, like, especially Saholas, I mean, listen to that kind of stuff. I mean, Little mm. things, I mean, in, like in terms of like, the engineering kind of stuff, when you hear like the snares and like the reverbs, and it's like, like yo, yeah. yo, that's mad. Like, no one's used that in like Punjabi army, like all these delays, mm. and no one used yeah. that in Punjabi music. But when you hear it on their tracks, like, yo, this is bad, man. Uh, so yeah. it, that did like influence us, man, 100%. Definitely. So, that, so obviously, we talked about formal, um, let's say training, right? But 
instruments and instrumentation was a massive part of your childhood. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Sat. Well, uh, well, let's say Cam first. Obviously, being the old one, may you may have started a little bit earlier. What was your introdu- uh, introduction into instruments? So introduction, I'd say it was it was from actually our older brother Bud. Yeah. So that's both. So <laughs> yeah. So Bud started <laughs> learning from Aristotle Hadjit Singh first. Yeah. Uh, and he started learning double up um, from a really young age. Um, and Stodgy took him to a really good level, you know, mm. and I remember like, kind of seeing him going, well, I want to learn that, you know, I want to take mm. that forward. Um, yeah. And Stodgy, I remember the very early conversation, like that he said, he goes, look, we'll take you forward. He goes, but you're not learning tabla straight away. He goes, you're going to learn Dolphy and Dolph first. Right. Okay. So that's what I started doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, Stodgy taught me a lot of other instruments. So, so harmonium. Um, and then it was mainly the folk instruments that, you could see that was my kind of passion mm, um, yeah. rather than the classical side. Um, mm. So then he started teaching me things like, like Tumbi, uh, taught me on the board, you know what I mean? So there's really like yeah. traditional folk instruments that are kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you know, they're, they're widely known, but they're not necessarily widely taught or no. understood. Um, there's probably only a handful of, of Thumbi players in the country yeah. that are, are good enough to record yeah, uh, as well. And Al Gudja players and stuff who tend to have the monopoly really. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're absolutely right. You hear these everywhere, yeah. but in actual fact, it's not widely taught. It, it, it's not because it, it's, it's, I mean, especially Thumbi, like people treat that as a, oh, it's a very easy instrument to learn. Mm. You, you might see that it's a single stringed instrument with no frets and you know you can yeah, yeah, pick it up yeah. and hold it with one hand and it's very easy to you know to look at uh, you know it's a simple yeah. instrument but mm. when you look at some of the classic like players not like you know Lal Chandiyam Lajak you know look at um, Singh Chamkila even to the modern mm. age you look at someone like Jelly Manjeet Puri who's an mm. absolute monster of a Tumbi player Mm. That stuff influenced me massively, you know, like, like especially yeah. hearing like Jamkila play, um, mm. like, it, like listening to his tracks was just like, well, I used to sit there practicing like to that. Um, yeah. And then the, the crazy thing is one of my, one of my favorite songs of all time, Sukta Surma by Sarinda Shinda. Um, mm. I used to remember practicing Tumbi to that, like, like relentlessly because it's such an amazing piece. And that was actually Amr Singh Jamkila who played, that oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, for for Shinda, and then literally earlier this year there was a Shinda gig, and I got asked by by True School to to play Thumbi, which one is an honour being asked by someone like True School, who's an absolute yeah, yeah, musician anyway. But yeah. two to be playing on stage with a legend like Sunder Shinda, I mean, like that mm. was that was dream worthy. That was you know, yeah, I never, yeah, I never yeah. thought you know. 20 years on from practicing these instruments, I'd be sitting there on stage playing with, with that legend. So yeah, that, that was big for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, then moving on from the instrument side, uh, the, the folk stuff, when I got into secondary school, that's when I started learning things like guitar, bass, I started learning a bit mm. of kit, um, and really found like kind of a, a drive for it. So really I'm kind of like one of those, um, Jack of all trades, master of none, kind of thing. And I guess that's what a, a composer or a, uh, or a producer is. You know, absolutely. You, 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 you just know. need to understand the instrument absolutely. and how it works. You absolutely. don't necessarily need to be a master at playing it. Exactly, and, and that's generally what our a lot of stuff. I mean, generally, we try and keep the majority of what we do in house, but then mm. we're not that proud. Where if there's something that we know, well, that's 
that's kind of out of our league or something yeah. I want to play but it's suited more towards another player well absolutely yeah, so. yeah. look such and such will be able to absolutely knock it out of the park let's mm. go to them but we'll show them the composition that we've come up with and, yeah. and kind of give it to them that's generally how we, how we work with it so how about you sat then so obviously follow. Uh, we know that Cam directly followed in Bud's footsteps and went down more of the four crew what was it like for you then you know exactly the same I mean Exactly like, like Cam was saying, like Bud started up playing uh, double line ball and stuff with the uh, Astagi. And I mean, my, I remember my first memory of playing tall. I was standing stand in the living room. I put on Bud's like Gorta Pajama and it's totti. And I just put it all on. I was like, I don't have a clue what I'm going to do, but I just put it on. And you know what? From yeah. that moment, I thought, I want to start learning. So again, same, went to Astagi, started learning. Um, mm. Went to all sorts of various places across, like, you know, across the country. Um, and again, like with the folk music, you're just. You know, when you're in the minibus driving to down to London, let's say, you know, got folk music blasting all the way down. And, you know, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that inspired us. You're like, yo, I'm, I'm ready for this, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what it was. And, you know, again, obviously from there, that's when we started having the influence of, you know, reggae's obviously always been throughout and same with hip hop. And that just kind of all combined just came into what we create today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and that's, that's who we are. So, you know, it's all thanks to, you know, mum and dad, Ostagi, you know, our older brother. It's, it's thanks to them that that's who we are and that's the music that we make. Mm. We we spoke about, like, and, and Mac mentioned rightfully so, that obviously, Cam, you went on to study music uh, up here in Leeds. Mm. Uh, Sat, you you continued locally yeah. uh, to study uh, music formally. Was it Was it consciously important for you guys to understand the technical skills involved in music production. Because like we say, Cal, we, me and Mac, we can speak about music all day long, but you take it to a different level when we, when we speak to you guys about engineering and that kind mm. of thing. Was it so important for you to, yes, you, you understood the composition of music and how instruments were played and stuff like that. And the same goes for you, sir. Yeah, was yeah. it, was it extremely important for you guys to understand the engineering and the complexity of the technical side of production in order for you guys to create this, this, this future for for your music. I mean, I I I think it's it's paramount. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily that producers need to understand an engineering side of it. That's not that's not it. Um, mm. It was. I mean, w when I went to uni, I studied music production and composition, uh, and there was a large element of engineering within that. Um, mm. And with the engineering side, I think it's massively important to understand what sound you're going for and how you can try and achieve it. Um, yeah. Because especially in this day and age, it's very, very easy to open up a program like Splice and like mm. kind of drag an audio file. Joe Bloggs, who's never, you know, composed a piece of music before in his life can drag yeah. it up very easily. Mm. You know, you hypothetically, I've got a track in G sharp. I need to click G sharp, click my BPM and that's it. I've got a bunch of samples I can use in drag and drop. And nine times out of ten, it will create a track. Yeah, that's not music production in my head, you know. And that's mm. not, you know, you've got to understand one what your your goal is for a project, you know. Like so, hypothetically, if you're recording a singer, you know, as a as a producer, you want to get the best out of it. But then the engineering head comes in saying, "I want her to sound the best," you know, as a performance. But then yeah. I need to understand my mic placement. I need to understand what my preamp's going to be. I need to understand my compression settings, um, and it's, it's one of those things you constantly learn. It's not necessarily something that you have yeah. to go to university for, but it isn't an overnight, I'll understand how to, mm. to work in a studio. You may understand the very basics of it, 
but actually getting to a level where you you can record competently, you know, record level products. It's it's a, mm. it's a difficult thing. I'm not saying that we're there and we're we're fantastic. I'm not saying no. that. It's a it's a constant learning curve. And and the the important thing for us was, especially when I came to Leeds, and looking at the Punjabi music that was coming out at the time, and I won't mention any names just because it's not <laughs> not the greatest thing to do, but the quality was crap like and that's the nice way of saying it yeah, um, yeah like it, there was very few producers who were out at that time that are actually like yo these guys are next level and yeah there were some out there i'm not saying there weren't any there were some out there that are like yo these guys are next level done you know level mm. kind of producers but there were a majority of the industry was made up of people with that same old sound that was really yeah. regurgitated and yeah. overused mm. and overworked and you know, you can tell it was just someone who had just essentially like a plug-in preset that said, here you go, there you go, there's your yeah, track, yeah. And lads, you know, see so you later. Do you think that, do you think that the ear for that came as your knowledge grew about production? So don't get me wrong, I, I, I agree with you, but yeah. I would have just seen it as, you know what, it's almost, we're in this era of pop Bhangra culture. So this sound is popular at yeah. the moment. So people are going to continue recreating that style of Bhangra. But obviously you saw it from a more technical perspective thinking, hang on a sec, the the level of production isn't that great and it, it could be taken to a different level. Was that as you learned more about it and understood it more, you thought, hang on a sec, this is quite lazy producing as such. It, partly, but then it, it was like a twofold thing. For me. Partly was that that the the industry got very lazy with what it was coming out with. It was almost like let's be the almost like boy band theory of let's just kick them out as because we can they'll sell. Yeah, mm. yeah, but yeah. The yeah, other yeah. part was yeah. the ruining, and I'll, I'll use that word the the kind of the tarnishing of Punjabi music, mm-hmm. um, and that era of like kind of like before I went to uni, kind of like two thousand and three, two thousand four, two thousand five, all the way to when I ended uni, kind of two thousand and ten. Yeah. Yeah, that whole era and even beyond that of Punjabi music, especially, was it, it ruined the industry personally, right? So it okay. was it okay. was yeah, it yeah. was kind of like so you had you know that that garage influence of songs that came in, and and mm-hmm. a lot of people like it, you know, and you know each to their own. That's the beauty of music; you can love and mm-hmm. like it. But when you're kind of for me, when you're taking hypothetically a track that will be monitored who's been, it's been produced by Janji Uhudda, one of the greatest or the greatest producer of all time. Mm. And you're remixing it and you think that's cool. That's great. You're allowed to do that. Absolutely. No one's saying you can't, but the fact that you're doing it on such a low level, you're taking some, something that a legend like Aldeep Manik, who's taken donkey's years to learn his craft, mm. uh, a producer like Janji Uhudda, who is an insanely amazing producer in every sense of the way, musician engineer everything yeah and then you just throw a you know a garage beat over it and sell it Mm. and that's your product that for me set the tone of these guys aren't learning the instrumentation these guys aren't learning the tradition behind it um they are essentially ruining what something quite beautiful and something that Mm. was made um, like going back to the purist side, it was a pure track, you know, whatever this song yeah. might be, you know, whether you take 
Kaldeep Monik's GT Road or Tere Tilleth or mm. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. People have remixed those over the years. But what's the, mm. what's the best version of it? The original. Absolutely. The reason why the original is best is because it's the, it's the, the one that's had the most heart put into it rather yeah. than let's stick a heavy bass line over it and see what happens. You know, yeah. For the sake of sticking a heavy bass For the sake of well. it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not even like yeah, it was to a, fit a... To fit a, a current trend, yeah, really. Not, exactly. I, think, I think it's sloppy, isn't it, Cam, what we're talking about, man? There's a lot of sloppiness in that era, yeah. and I think there was a lot of, like, it's just hype, you know, like, it's just a trend, or so let's just throw, like, garage is hot, so let's throw garage. Let's not... And like you say, I think, you know, you, you say it really well, you, you're quite entitled to do whatever you want to do. That's the beauty of music, and not everyone's got to like it. But there's a difference between throwing a beat on top of another beat. Yeah. And there's a difference between remixing, which Absolutely. is I'm going to take and craft something new from the original, take pieces of it and have a theory behind what I'm doing with it. Yeah. I'm not just going, uh, yeah, 140 BPM garage. Yes. This is 140 bang. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, there's like, you have to have a, an idea of why you're remixing something to make it a good remix. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, that's the beauty of hip hop because that's what hip hop culture is, is taking yeah, a soul sample yeah, or yeah. a jazz sample or whatever Some, it might yeah, be yeah. and mm. completely throwing it out of the box yeah. and making it into something that it was, you know, it, like I said, with, with an intent. That's with the biggest intent. thing is with an intent Definitely. of yeah. what your, your direction is. And you're not, you might not even necessarily have that beat as your direction, but the point is you're going and making something with an mm. intent of, I want to create an, an amazing beat. Yeah. And, have a and then like with hip hop artists, they'll come up with the rhymes on top of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's never yeah. oh, let's just take something that's pre-done and let's just throw a beat over it. That's yeah, not hip hop, yeah, yeah. you know, in any yeah. way. It's so it's, it's it sounds like a lot to me, Cam, that and 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 sat that you come from from these purest roots, right? And you you're all about the original and playing homage to that yeah. as well. And I, I think that's really important. And I think having that head on does actually hold you in good stead mm. moving forward. Would you say that that era, like you said, in what, 2003 up to 2010, was you kind of fell out of love with the Bhangra industry and the Bhangra music because it wasn't exactly the sound you were hoping it should have been or they were deviating too far away from what it should have been, in your opinion? I I think I think when you look at everything prior to that, right? So mm. you look at um, the kind of UK eighties and nineties era. Yeah. Uh, hypothetically, you've got bands who really learnt what they were doing. You know, even though they started mm. off in a pub. You know that. Yeah. You know that. You know you, you look at like bands like Adanik, or you look at mm. Azad, or you look at Premi or Hira, any of those yeah. kind of bands from that era. Mm. There was. Uh, there was. Um, there was thought behind their music, you know. What yeah. I mean, like there, there was a real thought behind the music. You look at the the music that came out from the you know kind of eighties and late seventies in Punjab. Like you've got artists like you know Janji Uhuda, Uhuda, sorry, KS Nurullah making the music. Artists like that, they made music with thought behind it. With mm-hmm. artists mm-hmm. who had learnt their craft, you know, like. Yamanic, you know, your junkie, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. When you talk about the kind of 2000s and 2003s, that's when I think a, a positive shift happened because you had people like True School come out, you had people like mm-hmm. Up and Heya come out who are mm-hmm. 
yeah like really learned musicians you know what i mean know exactly what they're doing and even if they did make hip-hop tracks or they did there was an intent behind it you know Mm -hmm. there there was some smart intent behind it yeah but then you also had other artists who came out who didn't come with that background of learning their craft or learning their instrumentation and were just Mm -hmm. this sounds cool in my car and let's just put a heavy bass line on it and that's my beat done with a Punjabi yeah, vocal yeah. that they've they've got from India. Well, yeah, that was it. I th- you know, I think you tend to find that which which one of the producers actually end up lasting yeah. as well. Yeah, um, based on based yeah. off that as well. I mean, of course, I mean here I, I stand. He stood the test of time. So is True School and and various other ones. That's a PMC. They also yeah, 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 with the same. Yeah. PMC's early stuff and I'm sure was probably somewhat of an influence to you guys. It was yeah. very uh, hip hop influence. You know what I mean? Using samples from from everywhere and, and doing it so well. Absolutely. So was, again, you talk about intention. There's an intention behind it because he was changing yeah. the game when he was doing that. So mm-hmm. for, for you. You know, 2003, when we're talking about, you must have been like five days old back then. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, the good the thing with blood. you is like, you know, like you say, you're a, you're a youngster in this industry, 26 yeah, yeah. years old. There's no, there's no, no, no age, really. You've got an amazing career ahead of you. But like you say, said earlier, you know, at school, interested in grime and stuff like that. And this trend, trendy kind of music, because yeah, you know, yeah. eventually that will subside. But yes. what's great about what you're doing is you're quite a rare breed really when you think about someone so young that wants to pay homage to all this stuff yeah. and doesn't look back and go oh that's just old style music yeah, I'm not old. feeling yeah, it yeah. like you know yeah. like the way people are talking about boom bap in rap it's like no one does boom bap anymore but actually boom bap's still banging when you listen to it True, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you treat it with respect so that's for true. you is is your intention now because we're talking about intention is your intention to pay respect to what you've had what you've seen in the past but do it in your own style in 2020. That that's literally 100. Exactly what you said. That's exactly what we're aiming to do. That's that's our thought process behind everything that we do. Um, to pay homage to all these, you know, legends, all these great artists in our music. Mm. Um, you know, that, that's that's what we've been brought up on. We you know we exactly what Cam was saying. We haven't been brought up on you know just dragging a sample in and just putting some some drums over it. We haven't mm. brought up on that. We've been brought up on to learning our craft and to learning it properly. I mean, you know, Cam went to uni. I didn't actually go to, you know, into a music college. Um, mm. But again, I was, that music college, you know, he taught me production, he taught me engineering. And I was so mm. focused on it. I mean, when I was back in school, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't I wasn't focused on any, anything else other than music. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'll, I'd wag my lessons. But when it comes to music lessons, I'll make sure I'll be there. Um, yeah. Little things like that, Jamie. And because I was so interested, and I knew from back then, that, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do mm. for, you know, for a career. This is what I want to do for the future. And that's all, you know, just respect to all these legends and all these great artists that we've been brought up on and who've in- influenced us. Mm. So, yeah, 100% money, you know, it is about paying our respects to them and making good music, man. Absolutely. And I think what's important as well is both of you guys were on the doll circuit for a number of years. Yeah. And that's why we spent a lot of time together when I was DJing and and that kind of thing, and we were we were on we were on the the wedding circuit. Really, um, we spent so much time together in a van, right on the way to the next gig. The, you had nothing but time yeah. to talk about these kind of things, and I, you could see that passion coming through, and you could see that you guys were were purists at heart. But was was the intent always to go down 
the Punjabi music route. I know that obviously you were class, well, where you were, you were training, training folk instruments and, but Cam, obviously you mentioned you did go learn a little bit of guitar and keys and that kind of stuff. Was, was Punjabi music always the route or was it kind of like, hang on a sec, we, we could try something different here. Or maybe when you fell out of love with the Bhangra scene or whatever, you thought, do I really want to go down that route? Was there, was there any kind of second thought about the direction that you were going to take this? To be honest, the initial thought was to, we, we were working towards um, the dub scene and yeah. going to Jamaica. Okay. That was, that was our initial, so basically once, um, there's, once I'd finished uni, I, I don't know if you remember, Chums, I stayed up in Leeds and I started working. Yeah, there. yeah you did, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, um, you know, it, it, it was like most people who go to any sort of uni, nine times out of ten you go into a job that doesn't have anything to do with the, yeah. <laughs> with the, with the degree that you've got. So I ended up working yeah. at HSBC. Um, yeah. And me and Sat had this conversation because how old would you be at that time? I think you were about 19 at the time, 20, yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, unless, probably, yeah, bro. No, yeah. you, you're I'll be younger, 18. actually. I think you are about 18. About 17, time, 18, actually. yeah. Um, and I had this conversation. Now, I know he'd just finished college. Um, and I said, look, I, I'm kind of done with being up here. Um, mm. One, my nephew was born. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to be away from my family in Birmingham. Yeah. And yeah. two, I was like, if I, I go, I'm coming down to Birmingham, we're going to make a go at making this studio happen. Yeah, absolutely. So I remember phoning, yeah. I phoned dad first saying, I've had enough here, man, I'm coming home. And he was just like, yeah. right, get your bags, come on, we're going. <laughs> they all wanted me back. And yeah. I remember speaking to Sat and saying, look, let's make a go of this, you know, and mm. make it happen. Um, and when we kind of came back to to hear and we were coming up with the name and whatever else, we, we all said like, what what's, we had the, obviously before we actually sunk a lot of money into what we were doing. We kind yeah. of said, "Well, what's our direction?" We're like, "Look, we're reggae heads, man. Look, this is our goal. We're gonna, we're gonna try yeah, and yeah, yeah. break in Jamaica." Um, okay, and that's what we—that's still a goal, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's still not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's no still chance. our goal. Um, and so, and we we started creating like a lot of reggae stuff, and then all that happened was we got—I think it was um, one of the lads from Leeds, Jazz, approached mm. us to do a track called Bundy Much, right? Mm. And that's how it all. We were like, all right, let's start doing this. Yeah, yeah. stuff. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. so like, all right, okay, let's start doing it. Even though we were, we knew about it. We knew how to make it. We knew what we were doing with it. We never thought that we were going to actually go start into going yeah. into the Punjabi music industry. That was never a yeah, yeah. goal. Um, and I'm not saying it's now a byproduct and this is something that we don't really want to do. Now that we're mm. in it and we're with the right team, I'm going to speak most of us and say we're... We're 100% ready to drop some stuff, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and come out with something different. I think, I think that's exactly what you're saying there is, I think with a lot of artists that we've spoken to throughout the series on the podcast, is that sometimes you want to go in one direction, but you take an opportunity, right? But then that opportunity comes into fruition. And you actually realize, hang on a sec, I, I, this is a bit of me, this is. It, it happened. Uh, it happened when we spoke to to Jay Sean, for example. He he was all about R and B, but then he came this opportunity with Rishi Rich and Juggy D, and he went down that road. But didn't mean he didn't stop going down that R and B road. I mean, obviously, Dub is still written in your stars and yeah. and that's and you and it's a great segue because I I want to ask the next question on on Gundy much. You can hear that influence on that song. Mm. 
you can hear the beeline on there. We listened to it as uh, as early as, uh, what was it, Saturday night, Matt? Yeah. We were saying yeah. that, because <laughs> obviously we were discussing that we were going to be recording you guys. And and uh, one of the other lads in the car, Sai, he basically goes, I still listen to Gundy much on my regular playlist <laughs> until this day because the beeline is so fat on there. And we, and we spoke about that. It, it, we said it's typical Saturn cam. It's typical yeah, it's, Red Valve. It's got Red Valve written all over that tune. And it? I, I want to I just highlight your name as well, Red Valve. That we used to go to Valve Sound System gigs, do we? At, at Custer Factory and uh, uh, Leeds uh, Stylus. I remember going that, with you. Was, me and you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, it was that was a that was a learning curve for me because I didn't understand that. Obviously, these old amplifiers which had these valves in there were were a big influence yeah. in that dub and sound system industry. And obviously, you're almost paying homage to that as well. Yeah. No, the sound don't. system side of things, and that that really comes through. But as you said, with uh, with Gundy Much, which was released in 2015, Sunny Hair singing on the on the vocals, and um, what's again what stood out to me was that the production and the beeline on that. What inspired that particular record? Like you said, uh, your mate Jazz uh, Jazz Gill, as we all know, we we also spent a lot of time with him, grew up together, and came through the scene as well. Top bloke. What what was that inspired you to create the record as it was? Because you could have just made a Desi record, couldn't you? Yeah. Oh, well, well, you created the beat on it. So yeah. you said, well, I just want to say, obviously, Jazz Gill's, the Jazz Gill's our older brother. You know, and yeah. so when Jazz Jazz approached us for it, um, it was a completely kind of unknown concept. I think it was a mission yeah, started. Yeah. There, there was an idea for some lyrics and there was an idea and it was really wishy-washy. And mm. Sat made this beat Right, which is yeah, loosely, goal, man. loosely <laughs> based on what Gundy Much is now. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was just a beat that you That's know. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> there were some really rough Serengi pieces that I think I played yeah, when yeah. I was yeah. early days of learning at that point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It was really horrible sounding, which um, um, I don't know whether I should release that to your guys' podcast or not. We might, <laughs> <laughs> might not get any listens after this. Yeah, we'll skip that one. You will we'll skip that, actually. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I put some uh, really... I put the beat that he came, came up with... the baseline mm. everything was yeah. lethal mm. um was. i think I, I don't think you were here i think i remember sitting yeah, down I was a nana. and going all right we can look at something on this beat and he listened to it it's like let me make some phone calls like and i think the next day he phoned me up and goes yeah i've just shown it to a few a few of the lads in the camp that he was with at the time and he goes yeah we, we're gonna get this done so i didn't know who the singer was at that Shit. point or whatever it was yeah, but yeah, yeah. he said it was well, it, i'll yeah. let you talk about the beat because you yeah you that, did it. The, i mean the beat i mean we had none of this back then, you know, none of the studio. I mean, it was like, it was just, you know, in a bedroom, little yep. laptop, bit of a keyboard. And um, again, it was just, when I was just, this is like in my stage, like just messing around with kind of stuff and just getting to grips with, this is where I'd just come out of college, um, just getting to grips with, you know, our own like little self, like what we had. And again, it was like what Cam was saying, he, you know, he played, with, you know, a little rough, like sarongi piece, so whacked it in, cutting it up as samples, just placed it in. I thought, again, because we're reggae heads, let's just whack some chords on there and let's just see where yeah, we go yeah. from it. And that's when we started building the building. Um, it was only like, you know, a minute long, I think, or something. There's only a short clip. Um, mm. And that was it. It just started dropping some beeline on there. Again, you know, I started getting, I thought, I, I remember it because I was listening, listening to it. I put a drum kit in there, put some chords in there. I was like, I can't think of a beeline, man. Like, I need to get some influence. That's it. Started you, YouTubing it, listening to lo- loads of like, dubs that are like, Dubs mm. and all, you know, dub tracks and whatnot. And I remember there was one night 
even come down all this. It was one night, I was like, I was outside the house one night, I was out with my mates, and I actually went to a dub, um, dub room in the Irish Centre in, in Digbeth. Mum yeah. was phoning me, she didn't know where I was or whatnot. And I, was, I was answering my phone, but little did I know, she, you know, I was in a dub, you know, B line, which is heavy. And you know, that, I went by the next day, and that's where my influence came from because after hearing that, that pure beeline, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I know yeah. what my idea is now. And I see it just came from there Sick. when, you know, when Cam told me the day after when Jazz came down, he's like, yo, he, he wants his beat. And I was like, it's not even finished, man. It's like, it just took me like an hour really all together. And he's like, now he goes, yeah, he wants yeah. it. So like, that, that's what it is, man. So that's where Sick. it came from, couldn't you watch? But you know, what you did there, like, you said you went on YouTube and you were listening to, to different beeline yeah, yeah, yeah. tunes and stuff and you went out and stuff. That's like, what, Hip hop was back in the day. People used to 100%. go on records, record shops. Like, remember the days that you used to go to a record shop and there was turntables set up and people just listening yeah. to records, <laughs> trying to find that golden egg, Absolutely. basically, with that sample that you think yeah. I'm going to use that. Yeah, and yeah. That's going to get me a hit because I don't know if you guys have seen, but I watch a, a hip hop evolution on, yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you see, you see them guys in the East Coast, they used to have hotel rooms and all the producers of the time used to come to the hotel rooms yeah. with all these records and they're all looking for that golden egg. And that's what, that's, that's what you were doing, but on a, on a modern level. And, and so you try to justify Sat going out and not telling his mum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make it sound like it's research and that. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you show your mum research. Right. Yeah. 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 Go out and go out and party hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> exactly. But listen to the music. Yeah, don't just, yeah, don't just yeah, go yeah. and party hard. Listen to the music. That's where you're going to find it. But then, effectively, that's what we did, didn't we, back in the day? I mean, gone are the days. I, I'll go another day. I don't know. But we went and we listened to music. You know what I mean? That's what it was all about. That our whole influence was going to clubs and listening to different kinds of music. I, I mean, ask Matt, we were on set this weekend and it was took us back to rehab days in Leeds. I remember you know what I mean? That, like yeah. someone asked me, what kind of tunes are you going to play? I was like, rehab. Rehab circa 2005. <laughs> that's it. That was literally what it was. So, yeah, you know what? It, it's great. Uh, and I think that's a, a great message for people that just research, listen to music. See? Don't be afraid. <clears throat> Don't be afraid to listen to the other different types of music because no, no, no. as I as said, that was released under VIP records. But then in September, 2019, Check One Records launched mm -hmm. and that was, it went public to the UK in September yep. uh, or to us. Um, and you guys fe featured on the promo shoot. And for me, seeing you guys on there was a big thing. Think, hang on a sec, check one records, True School, who else, who was also heavily influenced by the hip hop beats and stuff like that. I thought it was a great marriage between you guys and, and them. So what, between then, so you released Gundy much in 2015 and then obviously check one records. You weren't actually, I don't think you were officially launched until about January with the label, yeah, yeah. but what was going on in them, in them four or five years? Yeah. Were you kind of refining your craft? What was or, or finding your sound again or what were, what was the the happenings in them in them four or five years i think it was a bit of bit of everything really i mean <laughs> we, there was a couple of dharmic tracks that we released okay and that was just a bit of save up yeah. that that was yeah. basically all that was you know we released released those um i think they were 2018 or 2019 yeah, 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 i believe they like, were yeah. the, they, <clears throat> they released um but in the Punjabi side there was nothing um we kind of spent a lot of time actually trying to hone the studio in. I know that sounds really weird, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of time trying to make this sound what it was. Yeah. Um, mm. And we're in a fairly good place in the studio now. But then 
I think we we just didn't bother doing anything within the not really, so no, I, we, no, we, no. we just kind of focused on creating what we wanted to do which I guess was the goal of I think we planned in twice or three times to say yeah next year we're going to Jamaica next year we're going to Jamaica <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. that was basically our goal we were creating like and we've got a stockpile of these dub beats you know sound system beats you know reggae mm. beats now all kind yeah, of ready yeah. um, to kind of not necessarily to drop, but ready so we could kind of go out there and have <clears throat> the right conversations yeah. with the right yeah. kind of people and kind of get mm. it out where the goal was, which was Jamaica. Um, mm. But then in between, in, in between that, we obviously were doing these dynamic tracks and whatever else, and uh, we were recording a track with a short prince who did one of the dynamic yep. tracks that we were recording at the time. And um, we... Um, assumed at the time that everything was cool because we didn't know who Ashok was with or whatever else um, and uh, we actually recorded a, uh, a like a, a, a commercial Punjabi track with, with Ashok um, mm. and during that time we kind of heard through the grapevine that yo like so true school isn't too happy about this so I was like whoa, whoa, whoa. let me give him a phone call let me find so I've got his number through one of the lads I uh, spoke mm. to spoke to Suk and I look. I just want to make sure it's all right, and we've got permission and you know, to do this. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." And literally, the car. I remember the conversation. It was really, really short. It was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's all fine to do that." But listen, um, when can you come down to Derby? Because me and you need to have a chat. And that's how the conversation actually started with Jeff yeah. One. And right. in my head, and I've told Suk this. Um, you know, obviously, that was the first time, like, kind of going to see him. And I went on my own. I think he was at work at yeah, the time. Yeah. And I remember going yeah. down, and I was like. I'm going down. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm going to Derby. I don't know anyone in Derby. I'm yeah. going to see a guy who's quite volatile, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> who's caused damage, you know? And he's someone who I massively, massively respect, you know what I mean? We both yeah, yeah, yeah. listen to that. Word is yeah. one represent, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, in the house with chaos and all that. We both mm. listen to that stuff, you know? So here's someone who's massively respected who we're a little bit scared of meeting at this moment in time we don't know what the conversation's going to be because yeah. as far as I was aware it was going to be a conversation about look we want to try and release this track for the short prints and we want to make sure you're alright with it um, and then we sat down and uh, it was it was Suk was there and um, uh, another Czech one artist called Prince Helen, he was there as well and literally we just yeah. sat there for hours just having a chat Mm. And it was Paul sat, sat at home thinking, "What's going on?" Oh, oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Yeah. I was probably out in a club somewhere. Yeah, probably out in the club. It was probably out. Oh my! But um, but no, literally, we were there. I remember being there till like two in the morning, three in the morning, wow. and we were just talking about our and so you know, kind of laid out. Look, this is what we're looking at doing, and we're trying to make this label, and we want like-minded individuals, and you know like what we were doing and then the next time we linked up he asked, to, asked me to bring a bunch of stuff that we were working on at the time mm. um, and I went down and with this hard drive of kind of like beats that we had mm. and, and kind of showed him and the, the like one of the proudest moments for both of us was sitting there and seeing like a legend like True School sitting there bopping yeah. EO beats you know 100%. someone who's who's, who's very like a, you know kind of musically on another level yes you know, we're, we're like, even like now when we have conversations with him and he's kind of going we're showing him ideas or beats or whatever it might be he'll go yeah, yeah that's cool but 
try this or look, what do you think of this? And it, like his musical ability is on a next level. So having yeah. someone who's like that kind of guiding you and supporting you through this musical journey was, was mm. massive. Um, I think I think that's why I say as well, uh, guys, that with Check One Records and, and Red Valve, that's why it seems such a good marriage for me that he is unbelievable. Like the, his level of production's a, a different world. Early days with Specialist to now, right? Um, and obviously he he also mentors new singers, yeah. artists, <clears throat> producers, and you guys who have a similar, I won't say a similar style, but a, a similar ethos in your music to, to be going under that label. That's, that's what feels right to me. Yeah. And I, I think that's why I, I, he'll probably bring the best out of you guys as well. But then also you'll enjoy the journey as well. You'll pl- put out music you want to put out. Definitely. You're not necessarily just doing it for the label. You know what I mean? It's going to be music that you guys can, can relate to. And that's why I think you're going to have the, the world of success. Oh, underneath the, uh, underneath the label, we, we, I mean, under the there's, I mean, it's, it's, it's. I mean, I've sat down and talked with something. We talked that we've got very similar styles of music, you know, yeah, that yeah. what we like and what what Sook like. You know, we're hip hop mm. heads. You know, I mean, like yeah. to, to a T, and the type of type of hip hop that we like is very similar. We're all obviously mm. Punjabi folk heads, and that guy's Punjabi folk knowledge is on. And yeah. next though, he yeah, you know, every yeah. now and again, three thousand, yeah, yeah, he'll just drop you an anecdote of something that you're like, I never knew that, and I'm a folkhead, you know, what I mean, sat yeah, folkhead, yeah, 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 and yeah. he'll drop you a bit of knowledge that like, are you sure that's right? And then he's like, <laughs> and it's, he's right, you know, man, like he just goes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like he's like a, a, a Punjabi music encyclopedia, yeah, like, 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 we were literally there with one of the other lads uh, from Check One the other day when we were, we were trying to work on a music video, and uh, we're talking about when a certain album got released and I can't remember which one it was and I was like yeah, yeah I think it was 1995 and he goes, no no it's 1996 in September like right <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I, remember getting al- I remember getting the album from a shop I was like wow you know like on the next level they got that's it, it. But, yeah but yeah so and and obviously that's progressed and now the release of uh, the new single yeah and which sounds as good as Gundy Much was this sounds tighter more refined and what what so what was the inspiration on this one or should the, i direct this one to sat as well did he make the beat on this one <laughs> <laughs> he does everything i just say you're a little you know again it's just you know that that west coast 90s hip-hop like you know like regulate yeah, kind yeah, of sound that like warren g yeah, that was kind of i mean as soon as we heard the vocals like you know what we need to go like summer vibe on this man yeah. And that's where it just started, you know, we just just grew from there, you know, we found this fat sample and it's just like, you know, again, it's just not the sample that we've just thrown in, you know, we've worked on it, you know, we've made it sound tight, tough, and mm. um, that was it, it just grew from there, man, it just started, as soon as we showed, like, the first idea, man, it's just like, you know what, bang it, let's, let's work with it, and we, again, we vibe with it straight away. Um, I mean, as producers out there listening to that kind of stuff, normally, you know, or not normally, but sometimes, you know, when you start making a beat, you think, yeah, wicked, man. You come out the next day and like, yo, what's this crap, man? Like, I've just done, you know, yeah, you know yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we've been vibing to it ever since we started the first idea up until now. And you know what? We just hope that everyone out there supporting and listening, we just hope that everyone gets that same kind of vibe that we've got, you know, that Cali kind of vibe, you know, just sitting there, you know, drop top, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what we want to try and get out there. Yeah. 
Definitely, and, and I think shines I think through. You, shines through. Shines through. Yeah, You're right, Mac. Appreciate it, it absolutely does. And it's crazy because not very often just hearing the sample or the trailer on Instagram or wherever like that doesn't ge- generally captivate. It's yeah. usually there to promote. That drew me in, and as soon as I heard it, I was like, "This is this is Cali Kush in 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 Compton." Summer vibes, top down, that that kind <laughs> of yeah, tell. Yeah. You know, is you can tell it's been made for a reason like that. Well, yeah, you can yeah. tell. Okay, these guys have thought about it. They've come up with a theme. They've come up with an idea. They've implemented that mm-hmm. idea. It's not just like because you can cut this out. But it's not just like that fat Joe sample thrown on a Punjabi trap man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the truth, man. That's the truth. You know what I'm saying, though, right? Like you can, yeah, absolutely, you can absolutely. Out, absolutely. It's just like you hear that, and it's like, oh, so we're back in. Are we, are we going back there? Then where you're just gonna pull a sample and throw it on a track? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, you, you, I mean, I'm not massively into fungus. Well, it anyway, goes back to things coming like, out fast, doesn't it? You're just disheartened to think, man. Is, yeah, is that the best? Like, cause it's like, like this is the way I see it. I'm not into Bhangra really at all. Like, you know, I appreciate it when I'm on a night out of at a wedding, but that's it. I'm not, not a hardcore follower. But when I hear people do that kind of shit, it makes me think you've got a fucking like you've got a, a like you've got to represent brown people. And if the best people think that we can do is just take a beat and throw it over another beat, that's not just representing you. That's rep- representing all of the standard yeah, of this yeah. community. And what I like about this track, your track is, it represents something because you take the Punjabi vocals off it, West Coast people would vibe off that. They wouldn't even 100%. know it's a Pangra track. They just think 100%. this is a fucking bad tune. And yeah. that's what representation means, man. You know, it's yeah. about paying respect to where you've come from. It's about showing we don't just do it because we can pick two beats and throw them together. It's like we can do this just as good as anyone else can do it. That's a different level. That's a whole different level. Appreciate that, man. Hundred percent. There's a lot. I mean, like I said, when we when we were working on this, we literally we got the first draft together in a day um, <laughs> of the of the actual track because we were vibing mm. off it so much. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and don't be wrong, that's not a regular occurrence. That's a that's a rare yeah. thing that within mm, like yeah. a day. Sometimes it just works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I remember showing it to to, to Suk and Tommy uh, Umadi, the the lyricist, like absolutely done lyricist on it, um, and. Everyone vibed off it straight away, and it's very rare that you kind of get that, you know, off, mm. off, especially people who are very learned within the music industry that they yeah. just kind of go, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's a banger, let's smash it. Like it normally, get, yeah, it's all right, let's let's see what else you do with it, you know, yeah. rather than yeah, 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 banger. And even within that, like we kind of kept to the the true roots of hip hop. Yeah, like, yeah, there are samples in there. There's nothing wrong with traditional hip hop sampling, you know, mm. and. I'll let people research, you know, where the actual samples are <laughs> yeah, from yeah, yeah. because, you know, they're not hard to find. You know what I mean? That's no. the whole beauty of uh-huh. hip-hop is, is yeah. go and try and reuse that sample on another track and see how it yeah, turns yeah, out. Yeah. You know, that's what it's all about. Um, but then it wasn't just sampled as well. We also played the pieces on top of it. So there is the played pieces on top of it as well. As yeah, in, absolutely. You know, to, to build up not just a sample, you know, to make yeah. uh, the sections where there's just the baseline, the baseline's live played in. You know, you can't get that just from a sample. You know, you, no. you, you know where there's also a section where the keys are just played and played that in as well. You know, then obviously there's mandolin pieces on there and whatever. Yeah, else. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was a it was a proper labour of love that one. I think we still, like I said, we're still vibing off that one. Yeah, man. Sick. You know what? Uh, to anybody that's listening, make sure you download it legally 
and 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 drop the guys a message. They they interact with everyone on Instagram as well. So show them the love because it's definitely going to be a summer vibe and it's going to be a hit. And you know what? There's no weddings or anything like that. And it's not that kind of vibe either. It's it's windows down, top down in your car. Absolute vibing. Windows Rooftop, open, chilling in your garden. summertime vibes, isn't it? You know, yeah, that's it. Barbecue, man, that's it. Yeah, it's a bar- yeah, barbecue. Yeah, it is 100% cookout. barbecue tune. Cookout. That's it. <laughs> that's I, feel, right. I, feel like, I feel like, cookout, I feel like this is going to do big, big things in the US, man. I really do believe that, you know, listening to it and hearing the vibe and not only yeah, are you going to take Punjabi so. people to a different place, you're going to take those people over on the West Coast like, oh, shit, man. Someone still makes good music like this. Yeah. yeah. Not one Pete. Not two Pete. It's the three Pete. So guys, we're, we're moving on to the three Pete. That's the part of the show where we ask you three tracks that you could play over and over again on repeat, no matter where you are, no matter when you are, if you're in the shower, if you're in the car, if you're just chilling in the studio, whatever you're doing, the three tracks that you do not get sick of. So what's your, what's your first one? Well, like you said, man. Go on. All right, so, um, <laughs> all right, cool. So I'd say, that, so this, I'd say, first of all, this was a hard list to choose because <laughs> yeah. there okay. was a lot of, <clears throat> yeah. lot of tracks that we could have on repeat relentlessly. But what we yeah. basically, when me and Sat were kind of going through this and we were discussing it, we were like, look, we're going to have to choose three tracks that represent us. They're not necessarily the three favorite tracks of all time. Mm, but no. You, yep. know, uh, you know, you know, but they're definitely in that represent list. Us, yeah. You know, they're definitely yep. in that list and represent us. So, um, I'm going to first one, which is Shinda Shinda Pot Jatande. Yes, that absolute classic. One track is Punjabi folk music boxed in one. Yeah. From the lyrics yeah. to the music um, to Shinda uh, Shinda's like just lethal vocals, mm. it is uh, is just an I wouldn't say all round amazing track. It is an amazing track yeah. in its own way, yeah. every single word. It, it started the Punjabi folk movement, really, didn't it? That tune itself started the whole Puttajatane movement. Earlier than that, it was it was the, the kind of new age movement was started mm. really by Kaldeep Manik when he released uh, Ekhtara Songs of Punjab. Um, okay. That was like the biggest like kind of kick because no one had really heard that stuff on record before that kind of raw vocal but mm. this is like the uh, that was like a precursor to this to what yeah. which is the just out and out raw animalistic music as well as vocals um, yeah. it definitely start it, it definitely went global is one of the kind of first Punjabi songs that went everywhere I mean exactly in the 80s you wouldn't have gone to a you know Punjabi wedding where that wouldn't have got played no exactly um, yeah 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 and even the whole album as a as a whole, everything that's you know from that movie, all the songs are just next level done songs. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is just the the ultimate though. But yeah, I remember like when we're like talking like back in the day when we were DJing in Leeds and stuff. Mm-hmm. I always used to get asked to do like an old school folk set and stuff. Like whenever there was like certain crowds and stuff, because yeah, 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 DJs. Yeah. In the nice way, no offense to my northern brothers, like <laughs> the northerners didn't really know Punjabi folk stuff that well, you know what I mean? Is like, it, yeah. Better than North, man. What, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the, right in the context of London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the right side of North, man. But, the right. <laughs> but like, there, there wasn't really that kind of, that, like there is in Birmingham, like I said, there's a massive Punjabi community here. Um, yeah, yeah. And there wasn't as much. In, in, in the north especially in comparison to what we grew up with mm. so I used to remember dropping folk sets and as soon as you drop that people would just go nuts 
you know, oh, yeah. and, and it'll be like like animals on the dance floor. <laughs> but it was amazing. Like it was the best yeah. thing like that you ever saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but everything from that musically, you know, the piece work in there, you know, uh, in the mandolins, you know, the 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 uh, the shinai section in there, the uh, the the strings that are in there. Mm. All the, comp- the the way that the whole song moves is like a story on its own. You yeah. know, it, it, it starts off aggressive, hard hitting, you know, then it goes into, you know, a fast section, then it drops down to a, a, a solo section with the singer and it's just like, you know, just a, a an emotional section where it talks about Shihidna. Um and then it goes back into hype again. It's just it's just a roller coaster song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, it it's it's never going to be replicated. It'll never be. You know what? That I tell you what was really good about the, your first three peat there. That anybody can say these songs by Srinder Shindar, Kuldeep Manik, all that kind of stuff, because maybe it takes them back to a time. But I don't think anybody to this day, Mac, you, you can disagree with me here or agree with me. They, and nobody's actually taken it to that level of detail that they understand and analyze it to that level. No, not, not and to this I level. Think and that is, that's the reason why it's such a strong first uh, that, you, you, a strong that you've told us there. You're right. Mm. No one's really analyzed and broke it down like that. And I think that just goes as a massive insight into where Red Valve are coming from as sure. creatives. You know, we, we can talk about yeah. uh, history and paying respects and knowing mm. where you've come from. These guys live and breathe that stuff and, and that's what's really coming through strong. And like you say, people don't break that analysis down because a lot of people just listen to, I like the sound of that music and it, I was, you know, here when this happened, I was with someone, I was yeah. getting married, I was yeah. at a wedding and it was a, there's, a, there's a moment in their life which they associate yeah. with that song mm. so it's easy to want to play it on repeat because there's an, there's yeah. an emotional connection to it but what you're mm. talking about is an emotional connection a historical significance and a production value and that's where it becomes deeper than just this is good music yeah yeah uh, absolutely I, I agree with that one absolutely so what we're we saying for what's what's number two then what's the second pick boys number two man this we have to go. We have to go hip hop with this one, man. So Raekwon and Method Man, the ice cream, um, yeah. big tune, again. Man. You know what I mean? Again, man, that big, just that just big, represents big. us through and throughout, man, of who we are and what we've been brought up on. You know, especially with our older brother Bud. You know, scratching yeah. um, over that. Them, you know, them kind of them kind of beats. Hip hop beats, yeah, man. You know yeah. what I mean? And you know, especially you know, watching a video of it and like you know, seeing the Mister singing the ice cream, man. You know, it's representing yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, straight yeah. up, man. You know what I mean? So. Um, but again, you know, sick, that, that rawness of like the beat, I mean, you can hear the beat ain't, you know, it's not clean, it's, you know, it's raw, man. It's like... Oh, I tell you what sim- I love about that tune yeah. is that you can hear the pops and the cracks exactly. in the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that gives it that character, though. Exactly. That's what it, I mean, even like the, the simplicity of the beat isn't like, it's nothing like extravagant. It's just simple, but the way that it's being produced is just next level. And, you know, just, you know, the vocals of... You know, a very quant meth man is just next level. I think, bad. I think that was Riz's production at his peak. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not saying he's gone downhill. Riz is just a, no, uh, he's, he's a don just, man. He just, he just hit a peak and stayed at his peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was next level. When he did that. Absolutely, hundred percent, man. You know what? I, I tell you what. In my early days, I I don't think I appreciated Wu Tang until I got older, and I understood that hang on this this is the level of production 
on Riz's work is is so sick. But then also, I don't think I ever really appreciated the like Method Man and Redman and Raekwon. All them, I didn't appreciate yeah. how their flow or their lyrics and how good they were until it's recently. True. And I've rediscovered their music. Yeah. And I, I think this is a great pick from Wu Tang. You could have picked anyone from the, from the Wu Tang Boys, not necessarily yeah. from Wu Tang yeah, Clan. Yeah. But I think this is a, a really, really good one. Definitely. Um, this is awesome. And I think it represents hip hop really well as well. 100%. So, final, third and final, what we're talking here, it's got to go only in one direction. <laughs> so, um, this is a, a proper wild card that not, not many people might not know. Dubheads will absolutely know it, but people yeah. don't understand double or don't listen to double reggae. I would implore you to go and have a listen to it because it might just make you think, well, this is something next level. So, yeah. by Augustus Pablo, there's a song called Stop Them Jar. Um, and it was on an album called King Tubby Meets the Rockers Uptown. Yeah. Um, now, Augustus Pablo was the, the the kind of composer and producer of, of the track. And yeah. he was kind of famous for like um, bringing a melodica, which is an instrument we actually use ourselves yeah. as well, but mm. we use it in Punjabi as well as the dub side as well. Um, and his, his way of working was, was on another level. He was an amazing musician. And he teamed up with this album with King Tubby. Now, King Tubby is one of the most famous dub engineers, yep. engineers of all time. And that mm-hmm. geezer is an absolute don. And he's done it. He's done reggae tracks as well as dub tracks. And he's defined that sound. There's lots of other people who have had, you know, massive influence as well, Lee Scratch Perry. But Stop Them Jar is a track that it's got everything that encompasses yeah. dub in it. You know, it's got the hard-hitting, you know, kind of offs on the keys. Yeah, the horns on it are yeah. just ruthless. Like the the it's it's so simple, it's aggressive, and, and that's a really weird thing. You know, with that yeah, track, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, actually yeah, yeah. very simple. Whereas dub trap tend to have quite like kind of you know intricate pieces at times with, with mm. the horns. These are just simple harmonies, just played really simply. Um, with all but the, I, the, I don't know about you guys, but telling the. The listeners here do not listen to it on a regular set of like PC speakers. You no. will not no, no. be able to appreciate it <laughs> at all no. because the the frequencies that that beeline hits is so low yeah. that you can't hear it on <laughs> no regular speakers. Absolutely, like, seriously. And if you listen to that on a proper sub, you you'll appreciate it yeah. the most because it it hits. Yeah, it, 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 that, it hits, that track man. hits hard and what you got to remember I can't remember the exact date of that the, the actual album I believe it was seven, mid 70s Seven, I believe 76, uh, 77 yeah. uh, I believe it was mid 70s now you got to remember that's an era where we didn't have all these you know kind of yeah. you know the, the luxuries that we have sitting in front of yeah. us now you know mm-hmm. it was all valve you know kind Real of driven, you know kind of you know low end stuff that they had and that was the whole dub sound it was all lo-fi absolutely um, you know you know, and by, by now the, the equipment that they're using in those tracks um, are worth thousands now. Like whereas back then it was can't like, replicate oh, that sound. Yeah, they're kind of cheap. And yeah, like, even yeah. so, with us, I mean, we've got uh, an original Roland tape delay and spring reverb, and mm. that was that dub sound. You know, and yeah. you know, it, with, with old analog equipment, no two pieces of equipment sound alike. So even if I'm trying, yeah. yes, I've got one of their pieces of equipment. Mine Still might not sound like this. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And, and, but that stopped them jar track, that 
it just encompasses everything the the big delays on it the massive snare the low end b like i mean it's such a round base that mm. they've got you can't replicate that with a with a like i mean i've tried like thousands of time playing bass sitting here trying to replicate that warm round sound you can't do it you know you, yeah. you cannot do it that how those guys did it and how they engineered it how they played it Mm. It was just on another level with that track. So yeah, I'm glad any of you listeners have a listen to that track. Definitely, it might man. will convert you into a dubhead. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And you know what? I think you, you touched on a really good point there. The fact that you can't beat that analog sound. I mean, now you, you might be able to try and replicate that sound, but it'll always sound electronic or digital. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll sound too refined, but yeah. also some of the charm of these songs was the fact that it was so rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what actually gave it its its appeal and what made it sound so good. Yeah. And also at the same time, they they've not digitally remastered these songs. They, they're as raw as they were when they were first produced. One hundred percent. Absolutely. No, I think that's it. I think that's a really really good three P. That kind of, that shows the listeners your musical personality and takes them on a journey of what your inspirations were and what is inspiring your music at the moment. I think. I think I have to say, Mac, you said the other week that that uh, whose was it was your your best three P. I'm I'm because, I'm trumping that. This Richie is my favorite. Richie Rich's three uh, P. It's such a sellout, man. I know. Man. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. No. Come inside, so I need to tell them that their music. <laughs> <laughs> no, for um, me, this to is, be, this to is be honest, Cam, you could have picked. You could have yeah. picked. I know your musical taste, and I know how hard that must answer as well for you to yeah, pick yeah. three mm. tunes and. I think you've done an amazing job at picking three tunes that really represent Absolutely. the heart and spirit of Red Valve. No, mm. appreciate it, man. Well, next time we do your show, you need to give us about 30 tracks, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next time, we, we've had four Pete's on this. We've had 3.5 Pete's. Yeah. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we ask, are you roots or rhymes? Right, guys, so this is the final segment of the show. We ask you the final question. Are you roots or are you rhymes? Gonna <laughs> go for it. Are you roots, man? Uh, I, I, honestly, I think we're roots like through and throughout, and that's not just Sick. coming from like you know, just you know having you know Punjabi background. That's just for for everything that we've been brought mm-hmm. up on, man. It's just, I mean, you you can say, it, but that's that's what I think we are, and you know, yeah. with all, all the influences that we've had from you know our family members through. Artists through you know through legends that's hundred percent who we are. Yeah, I mean I think like when you, when you talk about roots, obviously that's a a term that everyone will take in their own way. So yeah. I think we'll take it in the way of well, as much as yes, we're Punjabi, that is our heritage, that is our culture, and we love that that is our background. We're always going to be Punjabi folkheads. Hundred percent. The other side of ourselves is hip hop and reggae and dub and that's also part of our roots as well. We're, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're born and raised in Birmingham. We're not born and raised in, in, you know, uh, in Faguara. We're not born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica. You know, we're, yeah. we're born and raised in Birmingham. We've got mm. all these influences around us, which all to us, those are our roots. They form part of your roots. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I 100% agree, man. Definitely. Our roots are not just Punjab, that's a massive part of our life all day long, but it's also everything else we've been brought up Definitely. around. The reggae, the hip hop, and everyone else. I think you've, I think what you've expressed there has 
not the nail on the head and that comes through in your music boys definitely you can feel that and the fact that it feels like that it is a part of you it's not a sound that you're trying to replicate or trying to piggyback off the back of you can tell that you understand and you have been brought up around that music and it's it's a part of you it's in your it's in your blood and that's definitely not just talking about the Punjabi side of things it's talking about the dub the reggae and that side of things that that West Indian culture that you were exposed to growing up, it's it all plays a part in where you are today. And you guys are doing a, an amazing job of of merging them two worlds together. I mean, we always talk about the Punjabi side and the R&B hip hop side, but I don't think that we talk about enough how much the, the reggae and dub side of things plays a part. Absolutely. And you guys are personifying that. Well, you guys are, are going to smash you. it. And it's a real pleasure for us there to have you guys on the show. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you having us. Right. So the final part of the show, boys, is your opportunity for you to plug. Tell the listeners what you've got going on, what you're doing. Tell them to buy your single. Tell them to connect to your socials. They, do whatever they wouldn't you even want. Do, they wouldn't even do that because they're really humble, nice guys. So I'll <laughs> say, go and buy their fucking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, just uh, yeah, buy it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, from us, I mean, there's a lot. We've got our single coming out on the 4th of August, which I'm not too sure if this podcast can be out or before then. Probably not because we're on the 3rd of August. At the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't get out that quick. <laughs> but, um, but no, the track's out 4th of August. So the singers are Jepal Alok. Um, the lyrics are by Thammy and Deeth and obviously music by, by us. Um, I hope you guys like it. It's, it's a different different vibe, you know, from hopefully what the, the norm is and I hope you guys like it. But then there's lots more coming from the Czech one family as well. Uh, there's lots of things in the pipeline from our singers, from our producers. Definitely. There's some stuff that will, uh, the, the stuff that we've heard from our camp that people don't even know about yet is stuff Next that's going to blow your mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, and, Look and to they're that. all like-minded individuals who are all, who are all in it together. So yeah, follow Czech one records, follow red valve studios. Um, I don't even know what our Instagram stuff is, mate. So you might as well yeah, do that. No, <laughs> Insta's, you know, Red Dot Valve. Um, Facebook's Red Valve Studio. So yeah, just follow us on there. Keep up to date with everything that we're doing. Uh, and again, like Cam said, follow Check One Records on Instagram and, and Facebook. And you'll just see everything from, you know, not only us, but the rest of the Check One family. Sick. Yeah, man. Like I said, guys, make sure you go out and buy the record. Um, by the time this airs, it will be out. It'll be in your iTunes Make sure you you download that or stream it on all your uh, usual platforms as well. And as they say, check one records, massive things. Yeah. Great to see these boys that we've grown up with signed to them as well and making such a success of it. And don't forget, anything Red Valve related, get on the socials, man. Definitely. Go and follow them, Red Dot Valve. Uh, they're absolutely smashing it. Once again, guys, really pleasure having you on today. And Appreciate it, man. Really blessed to call you our friends really blessed to actually hear your music and it's personifying exactly <clears throat> your personality and it's that's coming through and uh, we wish you all the success uh, all the success in the future no, thank you very thank much you, man. appreciate it gents. thank you thank very you much. that's a wrap boys the uk is on red alert as part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast 
because together we can help make events again.